0: The following is a presentation of the Premier Dance Network. Hello and welcome! Thanks for joining me every Friday to chat. I am your host Barry Corliss, and you are listening to Pod to Chat, talking dance on the Premier Dance Network. In this weekly podcast, I candidly offer educational conversations and thoughtful analysis on all things dance. With my vast background as a director, choreographer, instructor, and dancer, I am happy to share my 13 plus years of experience for anyone from professional dancers to those without any experience in our art form. So put your earbuds in, grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and let's talk dance. This week's episode of Pada Chat is being broadcasted from rainy New York City, and I wanted to bring our conversation back to an educational topic for dancers and non-dancers alike. When I'm talking to my friends who have little knowledge or background of the dance world, they often ask me how the companies that I've danced for compare to each other, and whether there is a rating system for these companies. While there is no true ranking like Michelin stars are to the restaurant world, there is an underlying current of where a company stands in our national dance scene. If I wanted to take it to the next level, I would include international companies on this list, but for now, let's just focus on ballet companies in the United States and keep it simple. So, there is no true way to tell you where different companies stand uh for the most part if you go see a dance performance you're going to see a great quality production but i have heard a a handful of people and write a few articles that explained a a three-tier system that most dance companies are put into uh to sort of tell you which ones are better and which ones uh Maybe the quality of the productions is not as as high of a value or the dancer quality is just a little bit less than in the the top tier companies. Usually contemporary companies aren't included in this list. Um, I think that's just because a lot of those companies are pickup or uh, comparing them to the ballet scene is just not fair uh, because their budgets are very different. One thing that I've noticed is it's become much more difficult to differentiate companies based on their repertoires. There's been a great homogenization of uh, rep, or these are the productions that companies put on um, and the choreographers that they choose to use. Uh, But it seems like most companies are performing a range of works from the full-length classical story ballets that bring in big audiences to neoclassical works by Balanchine and Jerome Robbins all the way to the newer contemporary ballet works. But it's it's been kind of disappointing for me over the years to see that most companies are performing very similar reps across the country. I would love to see a few companies really step up and try to distinguish themselves as a a company of this choreographer, of this style of dance. Uh, There are still a few that are truly distinguished by one great choreographer. uh, And those companies would be New York City Ballet, which generally performs the works of Balanchine and Jerome Robbins. Uh, They do have much more in the repertoire, but that's their foundation. American Ballet Theater in New York City they tend to be known for their classical warhorse ballets where you might see Sleeping Beauty or Swan Lake or Giselle or a ballet like that. Uh, but one company has recently stepped up and really started to uh, differentiate themselves as a company that performs the work of Sir Frederick Ashton. And that company is Sarasota Ballet down in Florida. So it's been really interesting to see how that company, uh, while you'll hear it's in a lower tier is really starting to become more renowned because they are differentiating themselves. I'd really love to see a lot more companies try to find ways to, to do that like Sarasota Ballet has. So let's start with the first tier of companies. The first tier of companies really consists of the most renowned companies in the country. They're the most prestigious, they're nationally recognized companies, and generally, if you open up an issue of Dance Magazine or Point Magazine, you're going to be seeing a lot about these companies. One reason that these companies are in the first tier and that they've done so well is because they generally have the largest Budgets to put on production. so their productions are fully developed with a unionized cast of dancers, wardrobe, uh, stagehands, and, and all of that. Um, I was looking at Dance USA's website, which provides a, a great resource of information on companies across the country and their budgets that they work within and the most recent listing that they have is from 2013 and these companies generally have budgets ranging from $22 million to $61 million uh, and I just want to give you the list of these companies because this this tier has the, the fewest uh, listed within them. Uh, at the top you have New York City Ballet which is, has a $61 million budget and Next down the list, you have uh, San Francisco Ballet, American Ballet Theater. Then you have Boston Ballet, Pacific Northwest Ballet, and Houston Ballet. Generally in the dance world, these six companies are the ones that people want to get into because they provide the best benefits. And as I said before, the the companies are unionized. And through these unions, you get different protections that take care of you. For instance, you don't need to get another job because you're going to be paid very well. Uh, The union will protect you. You get health care. There's often on-site physical therapy to take care of your bodies. You even get 401k to put away your savings. Uh, for later in your life as well as vacation pay and the average contracts for these companies range anywhere from 38 to 46 weeks of work most dancers generally need to be laid off for a period of time each season because your body can't dance 52 weeks out of the year so this is uh, actually a great range of uh, time to be working for uh, a company Most of these companies have about 46 to 92 dancers uh, on their rosters, and like I said, their productions are the most lavish. They're going to have over 100 performances a year, and there's live orchestra, and you're going to see gorgeous scenery, and just the highest of quality of productions. And this is generally why these companies are put into that first tier. As we move down the tiers, it gets a bit more fluid with companies crossing over and some pushing into other tiers some years and pulling back uh, in other years. So please (laughs) don't be offended if you uh, don't find your company in the place that you consider it. Again, like I said, this is my opinion uh, based off of uh, a lot of different research that I've done. So... Let's move on to the second tier. I'm just going to list off some companies that I would consider in the second tier. Uh, Right now, you have Pennsylvania Ballet, Miami City Ballet, the Joffrey Ballet in Chicago, Ballet West in Salt Lake City, Kansas City Ballet, Atlanta Ballet, Washington Ballet, Tulsa Ballet, Cincinnati Ballet, and Colorado Ballet. I would consider these very fine regional companies, and that's generally because the quality of their productions is still quite good. Uh, these organizations are going to receive a, a moderate amount of press, and they might even have a few dancers that are recognized nationally. Nationally, These organizations generally have budgets ranging from 6 to $15 million, and they put on about 20 to 80 performances a year with some touring. Uh, Generally, the rosters of these companies have anywhere from 20 to 40 or 45 dancers and they are almost all unionized as well. So this means that the dancers will have a sustainable pay. A sustainable salary for their year, um, and that they will also receive benefits like health care and some physical therapy and and things like that. Uh, they won't necessarily have the benefits of the first year companies with vacation pay or uh, being able to put away into a four hundred one k. But uh, generally, the The contracts for these companies are quite nice. These companies put on very nice productions, usually about 20 to 80 performances per year, as I said before. Um, And they will have a, a nice size costume shop, a nice size set department, and all of that. The difference with these companies is that sometimes they will use an orchestra, sometimes they might use can music. I've also seen other companies where sometimes they have a couple venues in their city and if they're going to put on their bigger uh, ballets that uh, that often bring in a a bigger audience, they'll use that bigger, nicer venue. But when the productions are their mixed repertoire programs, which are usually triple bills, which feature three different ballets by different choreographers. which don't generally bring in as big of an audience, they will often go to a smaller venue. Now, there are a few companies on this list that... Some people may consider a second-tier company and other companies may consider a third-tier company. And I didn't want to really put them in either of those groups because I feel like they are generally considered uh, second-tier or third-tier dependent upon the year and the repertoire that they're they're producing and the amount of press that they're getting. And I'd just like to list these off. Uh, Generally, Ballet Arizona, a great Balanchine-styled company. Sarasota Ballet, as I spoke about at the beginning of this podcast. Additionally, Pittsburgh Ballet Theater, Orlando Ballet, Nashville Ballet Memphis Ballet Ballet Met in Columbus, Ohio Carolina Ballet in Raleigh or Charlotte Ballet these companies could easily go back and forth on this list So from here, I'd like to talk about the third tier of companies. The third tier of companies are generally regional to local companies. And these local companies can be prized by the city that they exist in. They generally have a budget in the $1 to $6 million range. And the quality of their productions are generally... Pretty good to okay quality, uh, just in comparison to the first tier. For the most part, if you go see a production, I'm sure that it will be a nice quality and you will enjoy it. These companies generally have a more limited amount of performances throughout the year. Uh, for instance, when I danced with Pacific Northwest Ballet, the company had six repertory performances a season plus Nutcracker. So there were seven full productions a year, uh, not including any touring that we did. When I danced with Festival Ballet Providence uh, as a freelancer, the company had four separate repertoire performances a year uh, all, including Nutcracker and actually I think plus, plus one with Nutcracker but two of those uh, repertoire performances were in their studio in their black box theater so and also where at Pacific Northwest Ballet in one repertoire performance we might have two weekends with eight to ten performances these companies generally have two to, pro, two to four performances over uh, one weekend the, the companies that I would generally consider in the third tier would be Smuin Ballet in San Francisco, Oregon Ballet Theater in Portland, Oregon, Los Angeles Ballet, Sacramento Ballet, Texas Ballet Theater, Diablo Ballet in Walnut Creek, California, Rochester City Ballet, Festival Ballet Providence, Richmond Ballet, Minnesota Dance Theater. James Sewell Ballet in Minnesota, Minneapolis, Columbus City Ballet in South Carolina, St. Louis Ballet, Louisville Ballet, and Alabama Ballet. Uh, Generally, dancers that have jobs with these companies, unfortunately, need to get a second job in order to make ends meet. Due to their limited budget, they can't afford to pay the dancer a fully sustainable wage. So, a lot of my friends that dance for these companies generally uh, either have hosting jobs at a restaurant, or I have some friends that drive Uber, or they might babysit. There are lots of options that they can have. These companies' dancers are generally ununionized, and the companies may not even provide any health care benefits for the dancers, which include health insurance or physical therapy available to them. If you're to go to these performances, they, these companies don't have as many resources for costuming and set design, so you may see some limitations within their ability to put these productions together. Often, performances are to canned music. It's it's quite a luxury to have orchestras uh, perform for these, these companies. Although, one thing that I find with these organizations is that it is actually much easier for them to tour because the lack of union rules actually makes it a lot easier for these, these dancers to travel across the country and the world. The companies are generally receiving less press in the national dance scene, and the dancers are less known, though there may be a few that are more recognized. With all of this said, though... It takes a lot of really hard work and a lot of dedication and a lot of talent just to get into uh, any ballet company. So I've found even in these third-tier companies that there are fantastic dancers and fantastic administrators that take part in these organizations. These are really the organizations that are... Doing the difficult task of educating their communities about dance and about art and really bringing something great to their to their cities. There is another tier of companies that I'm not really going to get into, but I've heard people call these companies civic companies, and these companies generally are very small companies that might be an extension of a small school in an area, or that put on one to two productions a year with a majority of their uh, quarter ballets filled filled with students. So uh, if you'd like to check more into that, you can Google that online. There are a handful of pickup companies across the country as well that are generally unranked. Uh, And a lot of these pickup companies tend to be in the area of contemporary ballet. I find it really interesting because if you go to Europe, there are a lot of uh, contemporary ballet companies that are really just as established as more classical ballet companies in the United States. But we're not quite there yet. We're sort of in that phase where most contemporary ballet companies offer seasonal contracts where dancers may only receive 20 to 22 weeks of work uh, and they have to find other, they either have to have other jobs or they have to freelance on the side in order to make ends meet. A couple companies that I, I can think of off the top of my head that would fit into this category of organizations would be Complexions Contemporary Ballet in New York City, Ballet X in Philadelphia, Wim Wim in Seattle, Washington, Hubbard Street in Chicago is kind of the exception. That's the closest that we have to a a European-style model of a contemporary dance company in the U.S. Beyond that, there's also Big Muddy Dance Company in St. Louis, Missouri. There's Dark Circle's Contemporary Dance in Dallas, Texas. There's the Wonderbound in Denver, Colorado, and Lions Ballet in San Francisco. So again, please let me provide my disclaimer. Please, please forgive me if I've left any companies off the list or if you don't agree with my ranking system. It's not a list that's set in stone. And like I said, it, it's, it's quite fluid even from year to year. Uh, and it's, it's really just based off of the information that I've gathered over my many years working in the professional dance world and researching our national dance scene, like the bunhead that I am. No matter the company's assumed tier, one thing that I have found in my travels from being a fully contracted dancer with Houston Ballet and Pacific Northwest Ballet to working as a freelance artist with organizations like Company C Contemporary Ballet in San Francisco and Festival Ballet Providence and Fort Wayne Ballet in Indiana and beyond is every organization that I've worked with has incredible dancers. I was completely surprised when I began my freelance career and started working with such a range of companies because I I really expected to see some dancers that might not be adequate to to be uh, at a certain level of professional. But it really must come down to timing because there are beautiful, incredible dancers in every organization that I have worked with. So, with that said, I hope that you will find this information to be a valuable resource as you look to audition for companies, see local productions, or perform any research that you need to for your dance interests. I think I want another cup of coffee after putting this list together, so it's time for me to head out. I hope you enjoyed listening in and talking dance with me. If you enjoyed this chat, please feel free to share, rate, and review our podcast on iTunes. Every bit of extra visibility helps keep these podcasts running. And if this didn't fulfill your dance fix, check out my sister podcasts on the Premier Dance Network. Our CEO and host of the Balancing Point podcast, Kimberly Falker, has a few exciting hosts getting ready to join our network. So be sure to find her on Facebook or Twitter to see who will be joining me in hosting other dance-relevant podcasts. If you want to connect with me to see where I'm choreographing, teaching, and uh, what I'm doing in my everyday life, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, where my name is B Cor or on Twitter, where my name is Bariscos, B-A-R-I-S-C-O-S. Also, be sure to subscribe to my blog, Life of a Freelance Dancer, where I've been writing about working as a freelance artist for over four years. I also have two YouTube channels, Be Corollis featuring my choreography and Choreography. that's Core-ography, featuring my choreographic web series that tells the life-defining stories of professional dancers through revealing interviews and choreography. Additionally, if there are any topics that you would like for me to chat about if you are interested in my choreography or teaching or if you would like to become a sponsor for Chat Talking Dance you can reach out to me via my contact page on my website at www.barrycorollis.com that's www.barrycorollis.com thanks for listening I hope you return next Friday to talk dance with me and remember to go out and support your local dance scene